From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, Zen versus trabeculectomy, part one. This microinvasive glaucoma surgery technique is different in the sense that it's a blood forming procedure or a subconjunctival filtering procedure, very much like our gold standard, the trabeculectomy. First, this. There's a lot to be said for the printed page. It's always on, loads instantly, it's very high resolution, and there's no monthly fee. But one thing it's not is interactive. I know journals have advertised interactive content and multimedia, but to get to it, you need to type a URL in a computer. iWorld AR changes all that. Once you have the app, you simply aim your phone at an iWorld page with the AR symbol, and videos, interactive material, presentations, and podcasts appear in the page. Amazing! The effect is stunning, and the app is free. Go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and search iWorld AR. That's so great. That's one word with no spaces. iWorld AR. Great job. Search iWorld AR, one word, on the App Store or the Play Store. It's like ophthalmology's secret decoder ring. Since the advent of MIGS, we discuss a spectrum of glaucoma procedures. But spectrum, implying different indications and efficacies for different procedures, is really the wrong analogy. At the close of 2017, the procedures already approved have tremendous overlap in their capabilities and clinical comparisons are warranted to give clinicians guidance. This is especially important in the treatment of patients for whom, just a few years ago, the standard of care was trabeculectomy. Indeed, trabeculectomy remains the primary option for these patients, but another, much less invasive, bleb-forming procedure may be an alternative. The collagen gel abinterna microstent, marketed as Zen, has now been put in a head-to-head trial against trabeculectomy, and I'm delighted to welcome Matt Schlanker, an author of this study, as my guest today. Our conversation was long and detailed and will be divided into two podcasts. We'll hear part one of my conversation with Dr. Schlenker today and the conclusion in the next podcast. We're going to be talking about a comparison between the Zen microstent and trabeculectomy. But before we get to comparisons, tell me, what's the problem with trabeculectomy? So trabeculectomy with mitomycin C has been the longstanding gold standard for filtering surgery, where we need a lower IOP for our patients who have failed conservative measures such as IOP or such as medications and trabeculoplasty. However, I see three main problems with trabeculectomy. The first one is the early postoperative volatility that we see in the IOP and the number of maneuvers we need to perform. Often when I see my trabeculectomy patients, I'm not sure if the IOP is going to be too low or too high, uh, necessitating, again, maneuvers to either raise the IOP uh, or potentially lower the IOP. The second issue with trabeculectomy, and this is well documented both in retrospective and prospective studies, 
is that the efficacy is not always there. Some patients do very well achieving great intraocular pressures on no medications. However, others uh, go back on their medications, require maneuvers such as needling, and ultimately uh, can fail this, this surgery. The third issue I see with trabeculectomy is some of the safety issues. And these can be catastrophic events such as profound central vision loss from hypotony maculopathy, uh, suprachoroidal hemorrhages, or infection. And infection is an ongoing issue, particularly with anterior cystic blebs uh, that develop chronic leaks. So with these three issues in mind, I think we would all welcome a safer, more predictable uh, filtering surgery for our patients. Now, now, as you said, Matt, there's a good deal of variability in outcomes of trabeculectomy. Certainly, some of this has to do with individual patient characteristics and wound healing. But how much of the outcome of trabeculectomy is determined by technique and skill on the part of the surgeon? I think that's an excellent question, Josh. And I don't think we fully know the answer, not just for this surgery, but any surgery in general. Uh, this is an ongoing issue where, as you said, there's there's a few issues at play. There's the patient characteristics would often drive the results, and obviously different different surgeons will have different patient populations, and it may be they, they've adapted their technique such that it works better for theirs, or they may be using a technique that, uh, that may not be the best. I know there are some studies out there that even look at resident outcomes for trabeculectomy uh, versus staff surgeon, and many of these studies actually don't show that there's very much difference between the two. Now, these are confounded by the fact that they've not been randomized studies, so it could be that the patient populations uh, for the surgeon versus resident are different. And it also could be that these uh, studies are underpowered in the sense that they don't have enough patients to show a difference, so that there's just no statistical difference, even though if you had more, more patients, there may, there may be more. So I think there probably is something there, but it's just very hard for us to know, and that's why I think we should look for surgical procedures where there's maybe a more standardization uh, of the technique. Can I get you to describe the Zen implant, what it is, and, and the implantation process? And is there any reason to believe that experience and skill will play less of a role uh, in outcomes with the Zen than with trabeculectomy? Okay, so I think this is also a, a very good question. I don't think we fully know the answer. I think as the uh, micro stent is disseminated and used for more people, I think we'll have a better sense. Uh, but I'll first describe the implantation process. This is basically a six millimeter gelatin micro stent uh, with a 45 micron lumen that comes uh, to you in an injector. And this is inserted ab interno. The first step is that you inject mitomycin C in either the superior nasal or superior quadrant, depending on uh, where you plan on placing the micro stent. After doing this, you would make two small incisions. One would either be straight temporal or infratemporal, and the other one would be superior temporal, where you can inject uh, intracameral lidocaine and then also uh, viscoelastic. The injector is then placed in the inferior paracentesis. It is brought across the eye to either the superior or superior nasal quadrant, and then a goniomere is used on the eye to identify the trabecular meshwork and I target this injector just above the trabecular meshwork to try to minimize the chance of intraoperative uh, bleeding. Once I've confirmed my target area with the goniomere, I remove the goniomere and I use a second instrument such as a Vera hook or a 0.12 to hold on to the 
superior paracentesis I have made to provide counter-traction, and I tunnel with this injector. I make a three millimeter scleral track and come out under this or through the sclera under the conjunctiva. There's some debate whether we want to go subtenons with this microstent or subconjunctival. I am currently going subconjunctival, so I will tunnel as much as possible to make sure that I am through the tenons. At that point, I push the injector forward, which actually retracts the needle back and delivers the microstent. Usually I'll have about two millimeters of the microstent in the subconjunctival space, and then three millimeters of the microstent will be through the scleral tunnel. I will completely retract back the needle on the injector, and then in a coaxial fashion, bring the injector uh, across the eye and outside of the eye. I then confirm placement. I want to see about one millimeter of the microstent uh, sticking into the anterior uh, chamber, uh, just again anterior to the trabecular meshwork. After that, I irrigate out the uh, viscoelastic and I check to see that there is a bleb forming. And of course, you can make some subtle uh, manipulations of the microstent uh, in the early uh, phase after injection before the microstent has expanded in the presence of the aqueous. So in terms of learning for this device, my sense is at the beginning, for surgeons who are not used to uh, using a gonio mirror or a gonio prism, there may be some steepness to the learning curve. However, once people have uh, achieve the dexterity required to place the microstent properly, I do think it's a more standardized and possibly a more practical uh, approach to doing subconjunctival filtering surgery. Matt, Zen is generally talked about in the context of, of MIGS. That's to say, a, a glaucoma procedure to be performed concurrently with cataract surgery. Is Zen on label as a standalone procedure. And th th this, at least in the US, I know you're in Canada, it, this is an important question here because off-label use generally means a substantial out-of-pocket cost for the patient because if it's a device that's being used off-label, often it's not covered. Micro-invasive glaucoma surgery has definitely been something that uh, has been new and emerging and, and exciting in the sense that it is a safer way to bring down patients' eye pressure. And traditionally, this has been trabecular bypass techniques, uh, most common being the eye stent procedure, which has been seen and used as an adjunct to cataract surgery. This microinvasive glaucoma surgery technique is different in the sense that it's a blood-forming procedure or a subconjunctival filtering procedure, very much like our gold standard, the trabeculectomy. So in this sense, the hope, and I think what we see in this study, that the ILP lowering possibilities are much higher than, say, the traditional trabecular bypass MIGS devices, so that surgeons, including myself, would consider this on a standalone or solo basis, not combined with cataract surgery that could be done in phacic or in pseudo-phacic patients to lower their ILP. Now, the question, of course, whether this should be uh, approved for this, uh, you know, I think every country is going to come up with their own uh, method, but I think if we view this technique in a similar, say, vein as a trabeculectomy, then it should be something that should be approved for uh, standalone or solo use. Matt, we're, we're going to be talking about your, your study. Let, let me ask you, what question did your study seek to answer? Our study set out to ask you know, a little bit what we've been talking about already, which is to get a sense of 
how this microstent uh, performs compared to the gold standard filtering surgery trabeculectomy. The uh, study setting is basically the early adopters of the Zen microstent dating back to 2011 who were also concurrently performing trabeculectomies uh, in their practice. Can I get you to describe the design of your study? And, and Matt, what were the main outcome measures? Okay, so this is basically a retrospective cohort design uh, with four centers, uh, one of which was in Canada and three of which were in Europe, where consecutive patients either undergoing the ab internal microstent or the trabeculectomy uh, with mitomycin C were collected. Our main outcome measure was whether the patients following one of either of these interventions were achieving their IOP targets, with the primary target being uh, eye pressure of 6 to 17 and not having eye pressures outside of that range on two consecutive visits. Secondary outcomes included other IOP thresholds, such as 6 to 14 and 6 to 21, and then secondary measures such as the number of medications the patients used, the number, the IOP of these patients on a median basis, as well as the number of maneuvers, complications, and reoperations. From what I understand, I I, I, uh, I haven't done any Zen cases personally. The the method for technique is relatively standardized for trabeculectomy. That's certainly not the case. Can I get you to describe your trabeculectomy technique or the, the trabeculectomy technique within the, the, the context of the study? And what was the post-operative regimen for, for both procedures, for both groups? So as you said, Josh, there is some variability in the way surgeons perform trabeculectomy. Uh, and this was true uh, for this study as well, being that there were four academic uh, centers were involved. I mean, the basic gist of the surgery uh, was similar. The uh, One of the main differences was the way the mitomycin was administered. Some some surgeons had adopted the same technique that they were using for the ab internal microstent, which was injection of the mitomycin preceding the trabeculectomy. And then other surgeons were still using uh, probably the more common procedure at this time, which is uh, sponges. There was some variability in the duration uh, for which the uh, sponges were applied, though it was, for the most part, two minutes. The trabeculectomy uh, was uh, fornix-based flaps, uh, basically, uh, where the, there was a conjunctival dissection uh, performed, uh, the flap was fashioned, and an ostomy was created. The flap was closed down with 10 uh, nylon sutures, and then the uh, conjunctiva uh, was closed after that, and most patients received an iridectomy after the uh, ostomy was performed. For the microstent, the, uh, there's probably less variation just because in general there's less variation in uh, uh, doing the microstent. There was some variation in the volume of the 0.2 milligram per cc uh, mitomycin that was used, and some of the microstents would have been placed on a subtenons level, and then others would have been placed on a subconjunctival uh, level. And this is both a function of surgeon preference and sometimes where uh, the microstent ends up. And in terms of the regimen, the, the postoperative regimen for both groups? Yeah, so both, both groups received antibiotics for at least one week uh, following their surgery. Both groups received the same steroid therapy. So each group would use their, you know, each, each academic center used the same steroid 
for both the trabeculectomy and the microstent. And then the Canadian group used NSAIDs as well for both groups, whereas the other ones did not. And something else I should have pointed out earlier, that the Belgium group uh, used Avastin injections for both their trabeculectomy and their microstent surgeries in addition to the mitomycin C. Matt, what were your findings and, and what was the, the duration of follow-up? Basically, the results for studies, we collected uh, data for 500 uh, consecutive eyes over four years at these four academic centers. Uh, approximately 150 of the eyes were excluded from the analysis with the main reason being uh, prior incisional surgery. As I said earlier, the primary outcome in the study was the uh, rate over time of failure, so the hazard rate of failure, uh, with complete success being defined as intraocular pressure between 6 and 17 on no medications. What we found in the study is that the hazard rate of failure uh, for the, both the interventions was quite similar, uh, translating to a hazard ratio that was near 1 with the confidence interval overlapping 1, uh, both for our complete success of 6 to 17 and also our qualified success, so achieving the same IOP target uh, allowing for medications. This also held true for our other IOP targets of 6 to 14 and 6 to 21, both on a complete and a qualified uh, success basis. What we also found uh, for the procedure is that the uh, rate of maneuvers was higher in the trabeculectomy group, though this was mostly driven by the laser suture lysis, which is obviously not applicable for the uh, ab internal microstent, which does not have uh, sutures. The Needling rate was higher for the ab internal microstent than it was for the trabeculectomy, despite having more maneuvers on the uh, trabeculectomy side. Median follow-up time was approximately one year and four months on average. We'll end our conversation here and pick up where we left off next time. Matt Schlenker comes to us from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. His paper Efficacy, Safety, and Risk Factors for Failure of Standalone Abinterno Gelatin Microstent Implantation versus Standalone Trabeculectomy appears in the November 2017 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Schlenker or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iworld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.